Welcome to the Safety with Purpose Women in Safety podcast. This is a show that provides a supportive space for women in safety careers. We break down the barriers and provide opportunities for growth. Make sure to hit that subscribe button to be notified of new episodes and join us at safetywithpurpose.com. Now, here's your Women in Safety podcast host, Tamara Paris. Hi, I'm your host, Tamara Paris of the Women in Safety podcast. This episode, we are speaking with Lisa Kelly, the president of Workplace Wellness Center of Excellence, and her friend, Gwen Morasco of Morasco Mindset Mentoring about toxic workplaces and creating wellness. Welcome, Lisa and Gwen. Nice to have you. Well, thank you for having us. We're really excited to be here. Yes, thank you very much. How did the two of you meet and get into this uh, passion area of workplace wellness? For myself, I've always, over the years, had an intense passion for personal wellness and um, corporate wellness, and I've worked in both spaces, and I've worked a lot of years in corporate wellness and also in corporate training and development. So I used to be a a private um, nutritionist and personal trainer and that was my side job and then my full-time job was working as a corporate trainer and I found the two of it balancing my two interests were really challenging so I felt what a great opportunity then to take both my you know areas of interest and skill sets and combine them into corporate wellness so many years ago then I um, got fully certified in corporate wellness merged into this area and then subsequently formed global certification programs which we have uh, about five now as a series and through the um, provisioning of these programs, I came to meet with Gwyn, and she started a few years ago in our level one workplace wellness ambassador program, then went on to do our level two, which is a master level as a workplace wellness ambassador, and then subsequently went on to do our focus on healthy eating program. So Gwen and I have worked quite closely together over the years. I was always uh, a goal setter when I was young and an athlete and very fit and healthy until my 30s. And uh, it was, I was a workaholic and one thing led to another and I had a lot of autoimmune disorders and that's what led me to my passion of holistically healing myself since I had such a difficult time with Western doctors and that led to me becoming a holistic health coach. And last year I finally made the break and I am doing high-performance coaching and holistic health coaching full-time now, and I'm loving it. Sounds like the two of you have been in this industry for a long, long time, and you've probably heard a lot of different takes on what a toxic workplace is, and I kind of wanted to provide our audience an opportunity to hear from two experts about what is the definition of a toxic workplace. We, we, we work in what we call a VULCA, V-U-C-A world today. We work in an increasingly volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous world. And I think things have broken down because of it. And, you know, we've got a breakdown in communications, in priorities, in expectations. There's certainly an expectation to do more with less now. And every, all that combined in losing sight perhaps of our mission, our vision as organizations, our core values and keeping them front and center and top of mind with employees and across management. I think a combination of all these things has put a lot of extreme pressures on our employees and organizations as a whole. 
And we all know when our backs are up against the wall, we implode or we break down or we retaliate. And, um, you know, I think I have some answers of how we can move forward, but it really does take, and we'll get more into this, but it really does take um, an awareness that this is even happening in organizations today. And then very open communication says to, okay, if this is happening, where can we go from here? What can we do to turn the ship around? Mine's a little simpler, but for me, it runs the gamut all the way from physically toxic to emotionally toxic. And when, we, when we're talking, we, we mostly are talking about the, the emotional toxic and how it can lead to physical illness. But it, any job where the work, the corporate culture, the people, or the physical location itself causes serious disruption in the rest of your life, to me, is what a toxic workplace is. And I just want to add to that, because you do bring a good point that we'll probably um, become more transparent and clear as we discuss further. But there are different facets of a toxic workplace, which you alluded to, the Gwyn, in between the environmental, the physical, and then the psychosocial aspects of the workplace. You know, I've never actually heard anybody bring up the physical environment, talking about toxic workplace, a lot currently has to do with the psychological bullying. Yes. And I think that um, there needs to be balance. And it would be really great if you could actually provide us with some examples to make this more tangible for our listeners. I do vividly recall a time many years ago prior to going out on my own as a consultant where I worked with a government department as a contract employee and we were going, it was through recessionary times and we were going through a lot of economic challenges and restructuring. And of course that all contributes to stress in a workplace, which can then lead to toxic workplaces in some cases. And, and for me, I've actually seen situations where the expectations and pressures of deadlines yes. caused people to have heart attacks. I actually know three people who, who died at work oh. from the stress that brought on heart attacks. So whether it's perceived or real, they fear that they'll say something wrong and they fear that they will not meet their deadline and they fear the loss of their livelihood. So this is this has been a problem in, in the high stress, uh, highly competitive environments with milestones and budgets that they're trying to meet. Now, on the other end, where it's actually physical, um, I moved my office down into a basement where there was a lot of mold, triggered autoimmune disorders, and this became a stressor in a different way. So it's not just the physical stress, then there's that stress again of, am I going to lose my job? I need the job for the healthcare, and it becomes a vicious cycle. And, I, you know, as a health and safety professional listening to these stories, it's very important that part of our assessment of the environment includes constantly checking in for air quality and the different types of elements that could do a long-term impact on somebody's health, like you um, experienced, Gwen. Um, and as then we're looking at the uh, psychological impact that also is something as health and safety professionals, we need to, we're out there, we're on the floor and we're observing. So we're in a perfect place of taking these opportunities and seeing what is happening in the workplace. 
listening to the workers and really getting and diving in and getting involved. Now, talking about diving in and getting involved, Lisa, you did a uh, poll of the topic toxic workplaces, didn't you? Yes, I did. And thanks for asking. To start with, I asked in my uh, online communities, what comes to mind when you think of toxic workplaces? And I did this as part research for a book that my husband and I are co-authoring and also to feed back into my programs as some, um, you know, industry research. And it was, I really had no expectations of what I was going to find. And it was really quite alarming. I had responses like employees feeling devalued, crying in the ladies room or staff meetings, bullying, micromanaging by management, and even reverse bullying, uh, anxiety and rampant gossiping came to mind when they thought of toxic workplaces. Um, there was examples shared of backstabbing co-workers who will sell out fellow employees, even placing false blame was one of the answers. Other answers were clicks forming, competitive employees, discrimination, feeling devalued, underpaid, bad bosses, headaches, as Gwen mentioned, jealousy, overworked, disengaged, micromanaging of employees, and then some environmental uh, responses came up like fluorescent lighting contributed to toxic workplaces, poor air quality, mold, such as um, when mentioned, rat poison, secondhand smoke, and even toxic factory chemicals. And that was just a small sample of the responses I got. I'd like to add, um, I did not take a formal poll, but after 34 years of being in a, in a manufacturing facility and being both in the primary office and in the factory building, um, I, I want to give my previous company some credit that they did get involved, they did test, but for those that are the canaries that are ultra sensitive, they need to take extra care for them, and, it, and they did take action, they did meet OSHA, but when you have four or five people that are so ill that they have to leave the company then maybe they need to put them over in another building. You know, you're bringing out a lot of good points that seem to be um, found in the poll and found in your, in your own experiences. And it, it makes me want to, to learn from you, are there hallmarks of a toxic work environment that you can share with our listeners that they can watch for? Yeah, I think just to, to start in on this, um, I was reading an article in Psychology Today, and they created a summary of some of these hallmarks. And I'll just share a few of them and some of my own experiences. But a couple of hallmarks are employees are afraid to stand out and speak up. I think Gwen might have also mentioned that. And also, um, you know, in this article, they talk about bullying earns rewards, which was kind of, you know, really concerning, of course, right? Um, where bureaucracy reigns supreme. And so, um, you know, th there's a situation in organizations where it's become so bureaucratic that the employees feel so stifled. And I think sometimes we forget, and this comes into play in terms of the psychologically aspect and psychologically uh, unsafe or safe work environments when we've become such a bureaucratic organization that the employees, they cannot move, but they need, you know, continual checks and balances and sign off and things. And that really um, suppresses and thwarts employee motivation and just general enthusiasm for coming to work. And this can in turn then really help or unfortunately support the uh, development of either slowly or, or 
you know, not so slowly, uh, development of toxic workplaces. Um, other things too, you know, in terms of somewhat on that first note of bureaucracy, but zero growth opportunities. And, and so these are not things that we would necessarily think a new, uh, right out of the gate in terms of contributors to toxic workplaces, but this is how a toxic work environment gets its teeth, right? Gets its roots and its foundation through things that I'm mentioning. And so when we have zero growth opportunities, minimal developmental opportunities for employees, again, they either check out, they physically leave the organization or they stay and they become very bitter and in some cases very toxic. And so these are again, some of the contributing factors. Um, those are very good points. And I, and I have a few crossovers. When I look at the toxic work environment, um, it usually is more the emotional and the, the atmosphere, the corporate atmosphere that you look at first. The, the physical was a little obvious on my, on my situation, but just employee sickness doesn't have to be because the workplace is not chemically, chemical free. Uh, if you see a high level of employee sickness and they even are still coming to work, it's usually a sign that they're overstressed. When you notice that you are, required and expected to agree with your leadership and you see that they're taking credit for your work and trying to manipulate and place blame uh, when they do something wrong so that they continue to look good that's another sign that maybe that's a toxic workplace low morale she mentioned uh, Lisa mentioned lack of enthusiasm what are people talking about are they upbeat or are they complaining or are they even talking at all? Do they feel comfortable talking? So if there's no joy in the workplace and you can see that on the employee's face, that's another sign. Um, lack of recognition and rewards for good work. Um, if you hear a lot of rumors going around, infighting, paranoia, people are, are using sarcasm, cynicism, complaining, that's a sign. And then the biggest sign is that it's gone really bad is when your family and friends start noticing so one area that you did touch on in there was leadership. And I wanted to kind of break open and talk about leadership and governance of workplaces. And, you know, you can see that we have over the, the centuries developed unhealthy work environments that people are experiencing today. So where did we go wrong? Our leaders are still feeling that old school way of, work harder and longer to meet even shorter deadlines. And so they might overlook what the impact it's having on their humans. They just see them as a commodity and a human resource and not as um, a valued person. That really contributes to a toxic workplace. And, and I understand what's going on. It's, you know, coming from 34 years in the corporate environment, there's a huge uh, urge to compete and need to compete where more and more jobs are being outsourced to lower cost countries or the job is completely eliminated because so much automation is is going on and there's fewer people needed and so there's this um, pressure from leadership to try to get more out of the people that they have so I think it's just that corporate culture of the pressure for the bottom line for their stockholders and to make money yeah, and just to piggyback on what Gwen said, we still have, and I think hopefully with the um, 
increased presentation of millennials and the Gen Ys and Zs in the uh, organizations today, we'll start seeing a breakaway from this command and control style of leadership, but there still exists this command and control. So my, you know, um, request, I guess, of anyone who may be in a leadership, you know, uh, capacity to really do a self check-in and examine how you are governing your employees, direct reports, or, or anyone across the organization. And are you using a command and control? Because that's really, for one, it's not what employees, especially millennials, are looking for today when they go to, um, you know, research job opportunities and, and new opportunities. But there still is that, and I think when referred to this, this position of um, using this position of power to belittle or instill, instill fear in employees, and often this becomes about because they themselves are feeling under the gun, and so we pass on, right, that stress onto our employees. And for all the things she mentioned, automation and working in this, as I said, this Volca world and environment, business environment we're in today to produce more with less. And as a result, when everyone's backs are against the wall, we're very selfish by, by and large as you know, human beings, right? And we tend to look out for ourselves first. And that, when we have that mindset, when it's me first as opposed to we first, that's again where things can start to really go off the rails, right? Absolutely. And I just wanted to add in that um, we also have really started to disconnect in society yes. with a lot of, um, you know, it used to be that we were working so close to one another. And now with technology, which is a great thing, I mean, you can see how we're using it here to collaborate and communicate, but it can also be um, dissolving of a team if you're just emailing back and forth. I worked in an office where the person beside me would send me an email, an hour going back and forth on email with somebody who's not even two minutes away from you in the office. I think we have to check in and think of what kind of workplace environment do we really want to be creating as leaders, you know, and creating an example. And I was really hoping that the two of you could provide some viable solutions for leadership and employees to help mentally healthier work environments. Well, I think you just hit the nail on the head with your uh, experience of the communication breakdown. And we are definitely way over reliant on using digital means to communicate. And that without a doubt, I think has really started to break down whatever semblance of a positive, healthy work culture we did have in our organizations. Right. And so um, you know, we need to really, however this occurs, we need to start promoting more clarity, trans, sorry, clarity and transparency, and just really open communications, uh, both between workers, between teams, across department levels, but also as well, I think, and I'll let Wynne chime in here now shortly, also I think we've lost that sense of camaraderie, right, and maybe because of the things we've just talked about, but We've also lost that fun and socialization factor, which sort of is an, you know, an outgrowth of what we just talked about as well. And I'm not saying that we need to have fun and be always laughing in the workplace, but we need to have more of that. And I think that's really um, a missing element in organizations. And a couple of other things that come to mind, and I did some research on this, I think you know, we really need to ensure when we're hiring that we're hiring for cultural fit because we need to ask ourselves, and I'm not, this is, I don't believe my quote, I got this, and I'm not sure from where, but 
when we're recruiting, we need to ask ourselves, are we hiring to build a dream team or are we hiring a shark tank? So it really does come back to cultural fit and how well we, our organization is gelling will really be predicated on who we bring into the organization and also who we, you know, we remove. Uh, and also lastly, then Josh Bergen um, in a Forbes article talked about uh, the need for more recognition and rewards. And we've really gotten away from that. And so he said like 83% of re- organizations they studied suffer from a deficit in recognition yeah those are all very good points lisa um mine are a little more practical and it goes to what um you were mentioning earlier about working remotely the employer and the leadership need to be more open to flexible work schedules working remotely there are thousands of projects and job tasks that can easily be done completely remotely at the workplace, if you can't have a remote, if your job can't be handled remotely, provide a healthy environment, provide full-size refrigerators on every floor, provide nice break areas, uh, make it safe to take little two to five minute breaks at the top of each hour. Also gyms, if they have, if they don't have the facility for a gym, give them access to a very nearby gym so that you have healthy workers that they're going to work out over their lunch break or Uh, right after work. So just enhancing their ability to do healthy things or even an organized yoga or Tai Chi class. You've touched on some really good points about, you know, self-care and needing to get some coping strategies in order to sometimes look after yourself as an employee when leadership is not holding the ball and providing the healthy environments that maybe we need. So what tangible um, practical tips could you provide our audience that employees could do in order to create a healthier work culture? Well, that's a really good question. Thanks for asking. I'm all about, as I've already shared, open communication. So my first recommendation would be as an employee to speak to your immediate supervisor, because you always want to respect chain of command, right? So speak to your immediate supervisor about your concerns and see between the two of you what may be done. It may be that you can bring up an issue in your staff meeting and to do it sooner than later before it becomes really becomes a, a key issue. If it's something that's an organizational wide, then ask your supervisor if they can escalate it to the, his or her leadership team or to the senior level, you know, the C-suite, whomever. But also, if, if nothing ever comes of it, and after doing your due diligence as an employee to do what you can, just acknowledge that you do have options, right? Maybe you can look for another job within your organization, or worst case scenario, start looking for another you know, another opportunity outside of your organization. And if you've really exhausted all opportunities, the other thing too is in terms of a self-care strategy is try not to take work home with you. Try and leave that negative energy at work because we are not going to be able to decompress and recharge and revitalize ourselves if we're taking our work home. And so where you can, if you need to get professional help, maybe a professional can, you know, outside of your organization or someone in your EAP program can help you identify solutions, right? But it's really important, first and foremost, again, to speak to someone. Don't just keep it bottled up, right? To develop that support system is so critical. And then also, 
lastly, I would say life is not perfect. We know that. So within your circle of influence or your sphere of control or your own environment, always look for the positives. It's too easy sometimes to always focus on the negatives. And when we really step back or even talk about it to other workers or friends who work in other organizations, we find out that sometimes our organization is really not that different and we become more accepting of maybe that's just the way it is. I will do what I can to make things better. And like I said, speak to my supervisor, but realize too that maybe it's not as bad as we're making it out to be. Maybe it is, but maybe it's not. So as I said, try and look for the positives. And then, as I said, if you've done everything humanly possible, then maybe it's time to think about an exit strategy out of your job or out of your organization. And I would say that would be the last step I'd recommend, but know that we always have options. We always have options. And I'm going to add to that. So you bring up a very good point that the first thing you need to do is honest and open communication. Talk to them, let them know. And sometimes they don't even realize that they've piled on more than you can handle. And it's it's not just more than you can handle. It's more than any human can handle. And so doing it in a respectful way to say, these are the 12 things that you want me to accomplish by Friday. I only will be able to accomplish three of them. I need you to help me prioritize and put yes. in writing which ones are the most important to d- get done. And so that you're, you're bringing one, you're letting them know that it's more than you, is possible. And two, you're having them help you prioritize so that you're, you're meeting their need. So be really honest, open and honest with your leadership. Don't become a martyr. One way, one way to keep your health up and to not fall and succumb to autoimmune disorders, stress disorders, is to set your boundaries with time. And once again, this is open communication with your boss, letting them know that you need their help to prioritize because you will be leaving. And actually leave and actually have something else that is not work-related to meet you when you get home. Um, So beyond the internal within the work and documenting everything so that if you do have to do have an exit strategy you will have things documented if something comes up but on the joy side one way to do it is to just own it own yourself and say i am in charge of my self-care so Mm -hmm. plan ahead to schedule stress relieving activities after work go to the gym sign up for a cooking class learn a new skill take extra care to lead a fulfilling life outside of work so that when you've set these boundaries, when you step out of that toxic workplace, you're stepping into a really fun, life-fulfilling life. Um, At work, one way to stay focused and not worrying so much about the toxic is to have a really good planner, Um, whether it's a Franklin planner, whatever your, your planner of choice is, keep yourself busy. Get your tasks on order, really focus in on them, and then set an alarm on your phone every single hour to stand up for two to five minutes of energizing, whatever that energizing is. Is it deep breathing? Is it qigong? Or if you're allowed some flexibility, are you able to walk outside and just walk around the building once and come back to your work? So, But it's so important to take that hourly break 
and stress and re-energize and then sit back down or to de-stress. <laughs> and just to add to your one thing we do in our level one certification program, we have a, a wellness buddies program Well, we have a wellness champion and a wellness buddy program. So our ambassadors can take those two training programs and bring into organizations. But the, the wellness buddy comes to mind because when we have someone that we trust and we know there are designated wellness buddy um, in the organization. We know then we have a go-to person, right, to vent or debrief or just to, as a sounding board. And we know that what we say is going to be in, kept in confidence. So I think that's another way that we can cope. We're never going to work in a stress-free environment. I'm sorry that those, that ship is, I don't know if there was ever such a thing as a stress-free environment. But we certainly, if we can't do things collaboratively to, and we do everything within our power to help diffuse the stress and toxicity in the workplace, then we have to, as Gwen said, look out for ourselves and our self-care. And the final little tip is have a joy popping list on your phone. So when things would get really tough for me, I would pull up my Evernote and open it up and I'd have a list of things that brought me joy. Mm -hmm. And it would just, it would just shift my mindset. Yeah. Those are really great um, tips and advice. And I really like that joy list. That's so important. I know that for me, when I was changing directions, one thing that was suggested to me was to do exactly that, is kind of take a self-assessment. Um, what brings you joy in life? And how can you do more of it? Yeah. And I was just going to say these things to when we, when our lives are out of balance, and this is happening more and more today, then that just permeates and that just contributes to a toxic work environment because we bring all that pent up stress into the organization and we're there more than we are in our home environment. So where are we going to release it? Of course, in the workplace, right? So the more coming back to the self-care and I always say surround yourself with positives, so certainly along the lines of what we're talking about and finding that joy. So I think that's a really great message to end off on perhaps you know just find that joy in your life and um and embrace it well thank you ladies this has been a great discussion i really appreciate it unfortunately that is all the time we have today but i did want to thank you very much for being on the show and just before we close out how can people connect with you well thank you um Tamara for inviting us and having Gwen and I speak to this very important uh, topic today that I hope we've brought some value to your, to your audience. And so to reach out to me, um, you can find our organization at workplacewellnesscoe.com or certainly by email at info at workplacewellnesscoe.com. And for me, my website is Gwen Morosco. Great. Thank you very much, ladies. Thank you. That concludes my conversation with Lisa Kelly and Gwen Morasco. We hope you found this episode informative. And for more information, see our show notes at Safety with Purpose backslash Women in Safety. Please visit Safopedia where you may find many resources in the form of white papers, articles, research reports, and more to help solve your safety issues at work. Until next time, be safe. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed the Women in Safety podcast. 
Thank you for clicking the subscribe button and sharing it with others. Make sure to visit us at safetywithpurpose.com for more safety leadership and industry discussions.